This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com talking to Estacado coach Will Blaylock. Much different situation, Will, than last year when even though you got hired early enough, that first year you're always kind of in scramble mode getting things going. Things are in place now. Talked to a bunch of your guys just now. This is a whole different kind of mindset going into year two. For you, how different is it? Uh, I'm able to kind of slow down a little bit. I understand it. Um, so so now it's kind of a I can kind of breathe a little bit. Last year it was hitting the ground running, keep going nonstop. Now it's like okay, you, you kinda of evaluate what you've done. It's like okay, there's some things that I look at and I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or that may have been too much or some something structurally I'm like, okay, we gotta be put more emphasis on it. I, I got a better aspect of the kids. Uh, we didn't have a high, you know, coaching turnover, so that was good. So guys are cemented in their roles and comfortable and understand what's expected. It's not everybody scrambling together, trying to hit the ground running and get certified and do all that. So it, it's a lot easier on, on, on that aspect. Now it's fine-tuning it. You know, the kids know our base stuff. Now we can kind of grow it a little bit. And to me, you guys had a perfect storm last year where you had some success. Your season ended earlier than you thought it might, and you have a lot of kids back to kind of feed off that hunger. And you heard me tell one of your guys just now, that night up in Canyon, that bitterly cold night, talking to you that night, I could tell that there was going to be a, a different level of resolve with you and that your guys were going to feed off of that. Yeah, and it was one of those, you know, our senior class was really small last year. There was only like seven of them. So... The that junior, our junior class was huge, and that was their a lot of them their first year starting. They had backed up the previous senior class for a long time, so it it was a somber moment. But at the same time, it was a learning experience, and you know it, it would have been different if if we'd have lost sixty to zero. And you know you just came out and got your butt kicked. But to know that's a game that probably two or three plays here could have went the other way, or some decisions the week before that cost us could have affected that game. You, you still get that bitter taste in your mouth. And so when I talked to him after the game, I, I was very blunt. You know, I still loved him. But I told him, you know, we're not going to have this experience again. And here's why. And here's what you have to do. And I think this spring and this summer, we put a lot of emphasis on the kids taking responsibility. You know, coaches can only do so much. It's kind of like the game. Once you step out on the field, the coach can't go with you. You know, the coach can't make sure you do what's right in the community. The coach can't make sure that you're taking a test seriously. I can make sure you're in class. But I can't make sure you're f make positive. Your focus in there is what it needs to be. You have to do that. And you have to want to, you know, when you go into camps. And I told the kids, a lot of y'all are about to get exposure you've never gotten before. That comes with a lot of responsibility. College coaches are going to be looking at you. They're going to be calling you, you know, inviting you to camps. You're going to have to leave Lubbock and go to camps. And you're going. And they saw it this spring. And we, you know, Del, you know, Johnson got his first offer from old WT and went out there. He bought into what we believed about running track, about taking care of his grades. When they had a great camp, they offered him on the spot. So it was a testament to what we're preaching as coaches, but also his hard work. And it was an example to the other kids, like, hey, it, your future can change in one afternoon. He went from a kid that we thought possibly could go to college to a kid with an offer to pay for his education in four hours. So, but this whole year has been, this whole spring and summer, has been about them being accountable for their actions, them taking control of this team. And we're starting to see some of that as coaches where they police each other. 
hey man, we're not doing that. It's one. It's not a you or an I. It's starting to be a lot of we and us, and that's what you want. You want them to buy in and take care of each other, and you know, police each other. Hey man, if you see somebody out doing something they don't have any business doing, you stop that. That's your teammate. That's your brother. And if that person wants to continuously do that, then maybe they don't need to be a part of this team. And we had some situations like that in the spring where the team decided that a person wasn't the best fit. And I'll never kick a kid out. I've made that known. But when your captains come to you and say, Coach, this person is not doing our best interest, they don't want to, we've tried, then you got to do what you got to do. So ever since that night in Canyon, all we've talked about is, one, getting our lick back if we play Randall again in the second round. But two, understanding that's what it's going to be. It's going to be cold. It's, you're going to have to leave Lubbock. You may not have a lot of fans. It, may, it doesn't matter who's there. you got to line up and go play. And you got to be disciplined when you're playing good football teams like Randall was last year. you got a lot of guys back from that. Let's start on with you guys. I, would, I want to start with defense because you heard me talking to them. Estacado for years and years has been known because of what it does on defense. Delton's one of those guys. Braylon's one of those guys. Braylon Arguello. Who are some other guys on that side of the ball that you're leaning on? I mean, I, I think our, our heart and soul is our linebacking core. All three of them are back with Nate Order leading the charge and Mike. You know, we call him the pit bull. You know, he, he's just a leader. If you had a team full of Nate Orders, you go 16 every year. Just the heart, the commitment. Um, then you have Keyshawn Harris and Kyrie Baxter, you know, who are two very, very athletic kids, you know, flanking him on both sides. And they fly around. All of our linebackers had 100 tackles last year, double-digit tackles for losses. Those kids set the tone and what we do uh, up front, along with Braylon. You got Jamar Shaw, who has picked it up as a leader, very proud of him, who is setting the tone in the weight room on the field. He's calling guys, let's go. You got Isaiah Belgaro, who's a senior coming back, played a lot of reps last year. Um, Gabriel Castro, who's going to play both ways. And we got some kids that are coming up through the ranks. Uh, I almost called a kid his nickname. But uh, Jalen Turner, young, young guy of JV, plays super hard. It's kind of like a Braylon in the mode, an undersized, just going to fly around. You got D. Green, who I think led the state in interceptions last year with nine. Uh, Antonio Willis had four interceptions. He's coming back as safety. Donovan Torres is coming back as a safety. DeVoye Boyd is going to play some corner um, for us as a safety when we need him. C.J. Woodruff is another kid that's playing both ways. Uh, my son may get some reps at safety, you know, even though he's playing wide receiver. So, we tell our kids, y'all are athletes. Your foot, if a coach ever asks you what position you play, you tell them football. Because you're versatile enough and we train that you can play anything. You're not just a corner or you're not just a receiver. You're an athlete. That way it makes you more recruitable, but it makes us a better football team when we can plug and play kids all over the field. You and I were just talking about Nick Saban, Les Miles. Alabama and LSU got to where they are now because those coaches and their staff started taking – the best athletes they got in the recruiting class, and they may have come in as offensive guys, but they put them on defense. It sounds like you guys have that capability of taking those great athletes. You may want to play offense, but you're saying, yeah. "No, go, go take the ball away." And and everything to me is kind of by committee. You know, yes, we have a Bobby Ross who's a four-star recruit, but he's got offers as linebacker too, and he can also go rush the quarterback. You know, and in passing situations, we, you know, he's going to, I told him, I said, go get 15 touchdowns and 10 sacks. You know, you get a James Bozeman that can flat out fly, who's on that four by two as well, playing running back, but then he can also go play corner. You know, I, I tell him all the time, there's only really two people immune from playing both ways, or three. That's my Mike linebacker, my starting center, and my starting quarterback. 
Those guys, I don't really want to play in both ways. But in a bind, any one of those three, Nate Order could come over and play fullback if we needed him to. You know, our starting center could go play nose. Our quarterback, DJ, could play some safety if we needed. And that's what we want our kids to have. And they have that versatility because I tell them high school is the last time you probably get to play what you want to play. Yeah. You go to college, they're going to put you where you fit their system. And I've seen kids come in as a linebacker, and two years later he's a stand-up defensive end. You have seen kids play safety, and all of a sudden you look up, he's a backer or he's a tight end, now he's a tackle. You never know. So, But if you train to be versatile and, and you're coachable, then you can play anywhere. And that's what we try to keep preaching in our kids. You just be coachable and fit in the system, and you're going to shine no matter what. Now, Braylon is a 210-pound nose tackle. That got, I wouldn't have guessed that. Just me. That got called up his first game, I think, against Andrews, I believe it was, from JV. He has two and a half sacks. Got the last sack to end the game on their last drive. He was playing JV the week before. We just threw him a jersey, which he's told me I can't do anymore. He was number 67 last year. Jersey's too big. Everybody says he's small. Two and a half sacks. You know, so but he was ready, though. He got ready, worked on JV. When his, when his number got called, came up. Played the rest of the season, ended up being an all-district D lineman at 200 pounds. So that's what we're preaching to our kids. You know, you get yourself ready, we're going to find places for you to play. You mentioned a lot of these guys already on offense, but the one I think everybody figures that you kind of put in the center of the table and build around is Bobby Ross. Yeah, Bobby's an exceptional athlete. He's a great kid. He's that kid, you know, you don't want to you, you lean on him too much because you don't want to wear him out because you – People forget that Bobby's just 16 years old, yes. that he's a young kid. And even last year at times, I had to stop myself saying, okay, this kid, yes, he can probably run about 30 times a game. But I know Bobby's got a future outside of Estacado, and I'm not going to run him into the ground. That's not right on me as a head coach to put him in that situation because I, I believe Bobby can go as far as he wants to go with this game, whether it's on offense or defense. So it's my job as a coach to put him in situations to let him be successful, but at the same time still take care of his health. You know, same thing with his brother, same thing. Donovan Torres is a four-sport kid. So it's like, when do you let him rest? When he's football to basketball, basketball to baseball, baseball to state track meet. When does he rest? You know, you, you got to take all that into consideration. And those kids are special kids, and we got a couple more that are just the same. But with Bobby, it's, you know, and Bobby works his tail off. So he's physically ready to go wherever we put him. But he's also coachable enough to say, if y'all need me on defense, I'll go play defense. Y'all need me to come run the ball, I'm going to run the ball. And it makes our team better. But he he's the headliner, but we got a lot of other kids coming too. That's where I was going to go next is you don't have to wear them out because you've got all those guys around. Yeah. Who are some of those dudes? I mean, just in our, our – we always tell people our running back room is loaded. You know, you got Bobby Ross, you got James Bozeman. That's a, that was, you know, number one in the region in the 200 until he had an injury at regionals. You got Cedric Ross that'll come in the backfield, ran for 400 yards last year. You got Donovan Torres, they had a 100-yard game against San Angelo Lakeview. And, you know, then you got Kyrie Baxter that can come in and play running back. Then you got, you know, that's four star or five starters who would start at any other program. But because we're blessed with that depth, they play all over the field. And then you have a D Green who nine interceptions, but he also had 400 yards receiving. You know, you have a DeVoye Boyd who had, uh, I think, eight or 900 yards receiving. But he also could probably be an all-state corner DB and has an offer as a DB. So he can play both ways. So we got a lot of moving pieces, and I think our coaching staff does a good job working together, saying, okay, in certain situations we may need Keyshawn Harris to come over, play running back, short yardage. 
certain situations, we may need DeVoyer. I can sub him at wide receiver, but I need him at safety this series. And we did a really, really good job of putting kids in those situations. But it's not just Bobby. It's, it's the whole team. I think we're blessed in that sense. We just got to keep them together and keep our heads focused. And I think the sky's the limit for these kids. You rattled all those names off, and you've got a third-year starting quarterback? Uh, second. second. I mean, DJ Johnson, and he's coming off almost a 2,000-yard season. Um, developed as the year went on. The same, we watched the second half of the Randall game. It clicked. Yes. And he started playing fast. And I told him, I said, that's what we're going to do. We're going to speed tempo up. We're going to let you be an athlete. You can make all the throws. And then there are some situations where he, you may look up and he's at another position. Somebody else is at quarterback. And But the kids love that kind of stuff. We did it a little in 707. DJ's a leader. He's grown up this summer. I'm so proud of him. You know, between having to work and help out at home, being here every day, taking care of business, getting his teammates where they need to be, and just watching him grow as a kid, watching him go to camps, watching him perform. He's going to sign for somebody and they're going to get a really good kid as an athlete, whether they keep him at quarterback, receiver, I don't know. But he's going to be a great kid. He leads our offense. You got some guys up front too, I'm guessing. And I, I know it's, that's a you know, special the, spot for you. You know, the big boys are the best athletes on the field. I mean, everybody knows that. You know, if you're number eight, 50 to 79, you're not an athlete. Um, but having, you know, you know, Leo Valencia's returning starter, played center and guard for us. Uh, Castro was all district last year, right tackle. Uh, we got to move in with Darius Alexander. Everybody knows him as Juice. He came in, and, and that's what he brings is the Juice. He walked in first day and was repping 315 on the bench press. And I looked at the rest of our linemen and said, hey, time to pick it up. Um, Imani Drain's going to be another one. kid play really good for us on JV. JV is going to help us on varsity. Avion Hernandez is a young center that's going to be really good. Uh, Big V, uh, kid everybody knows and loves. He's ginormous. Uh, incoming freshman. Rashandrick so Smith. Rashandrick, okay. Uh, dad name was Vidon Smith, played here under Coach Kelly, went to TCU. This is his uh, one of his sons. Kid is a great kid. He's, he's a dancing bear. He's 6'3", 6'4", 330 pounds. Plays basketball, city wrestling champ. But more importantly, he's an early college kid. He's an A-B student. And he's just a great kid. He's been invited to camps all over Texas, and he's taking it in stride. You know, most of the time you get a 14-year-old that much publicity, it can either go to their head or they'll tank it. And he's done neither. He's, he's been maintained a level head. He's been to some camps where he's going against guys with offers from Oklahoma and Ohio State, and he held his own. And then at the end of it, he tells everybody, yeah, I'm only 14, and everybody goes quiet. So we got some big boys up front on both sides. I think we're going to be fine. We got a good mix of youth, and then we got the seniors still coming back. But I think we got a good all-around team. We just got to put it together, and we got to you know make sure we don't beat ourselves. You mentioned Darius; he was one of the guys I talked to. He's coming from this is his third program. He played at Coronado the year they went, I think, twelve and zero or eleven and one before their playoffs ended. I don't know what Texas City did. I know they got a ton of tradition, so he's kind of got some different perspectives. How's that yeah. help you? I mean, he's an East Lubbock kid. Um, he was at Coronado. Coach Mann did a great job. Uh, started for them as a sophomore, I believe. And then right before the season last year, due to some, some family situations, he had to move. Went to Texas City, where one of his relatives is the head coach. Got on there. Was an all-district performer at right tackle. Um, I think they were 6-5, and five, 75 maybe. And then in mid-late January, he pops up at Escada. And I had never met the kid, never heard of him. And he walks in, very respectful. His mom and grandma with him, great family. And 
I called Coach Man and asked about him, and of course he hated, you know, that he didn't come back to Coronado, but he spoke so highly of the kid, um, how respectful he is, a hard worker, and that's everything he's been since he's been here. He finished third in the region in powerlifting, almost went to state, and just, you know, he when we do drills and stuff, he leads the O-line. He's like, y'all, to the point where our O-line coach doesn't even have to go out there if he doesn't want to. He, you know, he's just a, a good kid. Uh, he's got some small school offers, probably going to get some bigger ones. And I like him just watching his film, and I'm sure it'll translate when we play in the fall. Just he's a finisher. He's violent. He he plays O-line the way he's supposed to play it. So he, he may get to wear number 50. I ain't decided yet. That's kind of a special number to me. So he, he may get that. You know, last year Dante Boyd had it, signed a college scholarship, was all district D lineman. So, you know, whoever gets number 50 up front has kind of got to be a guy. And, of course, that's your number. At least at Baylor, did you wear it at Tulane, too? I've worn number 50 since I played the YMCA. Okay. So, All right. that's the only number I know. Which is a good final segue. You grew up with high expectations no matter where you played. These guys, one thing I forgot to mention is that this young, your seniors were around when Estacado went 12, I think 12-0. and 0. 13-0, whatever it was before their season. And so they are used to that. Do you like the fact that that bar has been risen for them this season, that they are embracing the idea of we can take this thing as far as we want? Yeah, I mean, that's why we took them to Isles last year, and I may take them back again this year to see that original Dunbar locker room. They got to understand the tradition. They got to understand the history, not in the sense of it's adding pressure, but in the sense of this is the standard. The standard is to go be excellent. The standard is to go be successful, not just on the field or the court, but in life. You know, when people come around and they meet people like uh, Coach Moody, who's coached college level, been a pillar in his community, you know, his whole life. When they can walk into school and see an NFL Hall of Famer, and, you know, not too many schools have that. See guys that won Super Bowls. You got Coach Kelly that won over 200 games. You know, they don't realize that there's not a lot of those around. So... They have to understand the expectation and the you know having Larry Isaac on campus and seeing these guys that have, that have done it. You know, Dobbins, I think, at ACU comes around. That there's a level of expectation here that other schools may not have, and you got to live up to that. Like the expectation is for you to go win. The expectation is for you to sign a scholarship. It's for you to be successful. And I grew up with it at JT. We didn't know any other th- anything else. It wasn't that oh my God, Earl Campbell went here or those other guys went there. It was this is who we are. And other teams and schools were didn't understand us because they didn't have the same tradition, and we didn't really understand it until we left. And then you hear the stories of people who played against you, and it's now there's myths about what you, how you worked out, and how you prepared, and why you did X, Y, and Z. And I actually talked to Coach Cluley the other night. His dad coached against my head coach, Coach Alan Wilson, when they were both in East Texas, and he talked about how Coach Wilson's teams were so physical. And you knew what they were going to run. You knew what they were going to line up in on defense, and he didn't care. And I started laughing because when I was playing in that offense, we knew you knew our plays. It was going to be 11 men in the box. We had full confidence that we were going to move all 11 of those people and go score a touchdown. And we were very successful at it, but it was the mindset. And it was looking in the stands and seeing those older guys who come to support. And at the same time, they're like, hey, you know, when we leave something, we left it on a certain level. We expect you to keep it there and take it above. And that's what I'm telling these younger guys. Okay, the senior class just went two rounds. The year before, they went one. They lost in the first round. Okay, what are you going to do with it? Your job is to take it a step further, if not more. Our goal is to play December 15th at Cowboy Stadium. I've already told them we're not making plans for Christmas or Thanksgiving because I expect to be playing that long. Not because we're just flat out better than everybody or anything like that, but 
that's the kind of work we're going to put in. And that's what I think we can get out of this team. So that's the mindset hopefully they're adopting. I think it's been really good. We've had over 100 kids here every day for SAC camp. Had our young ladies come in and work hard. And, of course, volleyball made the playoffs. Girls basketball made the playoffs. Girls soccer made the playoffs. So we had girls in the regional track meet. So I think it transferred and they kind of saw it. That, yeah, this is going to be hot in the summer. We're going to sweat. But it pays off. So the mindset here is to start keeping this tradition going and then putting everybody on notice that Estacado football is, is legit and we got great kids over here, we got smart kids over here, and then if you line up and play as a football, it's going to be a physical 48-minute game.